Happy tenant is a good tenant. We did not intend to be in the property management business. The property management industry is very sharing. We're providing housing for human lives. And life happens to everybody. You don't manage as many properties as I do without the stories. Like six grown men jump back like, what the hell was that? Something's about to eat us. You're listening to the Property Manager Podcast, brought to you by Buildion. Real stories, real people. Before we jump into our regular program, here's an announcement from the Buildium team. Our annual Buildium and NARPM State of the Property Management Industry Report will be available on October 17th, so be sure to keep an eye out for it. We will also be hosting a webinar with more insights from the report on October 25th. You'll be able to download the report and register for the webinar on the Buildium website. I'm Caroline Thompson, and this is the Property Manager Podcast. As we're getting deeper into season one of the Property Manager Podcast, we're starting to see a pattern. I've mentioned it before, and please reach out if you don't find this to be true, but no one exactly grows up saying they want to be a property manager. Last episode, Cynthia Leon discovered an opportunity with a property management company through her friend. In today's episode, we find this to be true again. Today, we're talking with Michael Cohen and Marie Sharp from Asset Realty Management in Knoxville, Tennessee. Michael is the principal broker and owner of Asset Realty, and Marie is an affiliate broker. Michael was originally a psychotherapist, but on the side started to buy rental properties for residual income. Once he got too big, he cut back on his therapy practice and began his property management company. On the other hand, Marie has always had an interest in real estate, but happened to cross paths with Michael while working in insurance, and here we are seven years later. Together, Michael and Marie provide insights into how Asset Realty operates, what their main priorities are as a company, and how they overcome the challenges that come with working in a complex industry. Take a listen as we dive in deeper. I am Michael Cohen, and I am the principal broker and owner of Asset Realty Management in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I'm Marie Sharp, affiliate broker, property manager at Asset Realty. I started in property management in 1994. I was a psychotherapist and started by just buying rental properties because I wanted the residual income, I wanted to be in real estate, and I saw kind of the writing on the wall as far as psychotherapy goes, and that it was moving away from helping patients to more about billing and having to fight for, you know, getting any kind of treatment for patients and, um, you know, it was becoming much less user-friendly and much less about the patient. And so I slowly bought real estate and bought more and more and more. So therefore I had to cut back on my practice. And when I got too big, um, I had to start, I hired somebody. And once I hired somebody, other people in the community said, oh, you're already managing yours. Would you manage ours? Which um, I had to then get my broker's license in order to be able to manage other people's properties. Then it just snowballed from there. So I never really intended to move into full-time property management. It just kind of happened that way. Somewhere along the way, um, I we really had to kind of step up um, from it, me just managing for myself, which of course, you know, there's a different level of care when you're managing for yourself. You know, in the beginning, I made some mistakes and I was just learning to, we really had to find somebody who was very good, very professional to help run the company. And that's when I found Marie, who had worked at another company for 26 years. I was immediately impressed and was able to steal her away from them so that she can tell what what her history is. Right. Like I said, I worked for a company for a very long time, and uh, when the economy went bad, um, they did a lot of layoffs and shut down plants, and so I lost my job. 
So one of the things I had on my bucket list was uh, real estate. So a friend of mine, when I lost my job uh, that many years and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, uh, she convinced me to get into uh, insurance uh, simply because of the flexibility. I had a six-year-old daughter at the time, and I wanted to be able to have a flexible schedule to spend time with her. So I actually came here to sell him insurance, and that's how I met Mike Cohen. Um, so he reached out to me to uh, do property management. I said yes, because that was a way I thought I could build up my insurance side, because every tenant that you put into a home has to work a job, and I was going to target those jobs to build up my insurance. And, you know, I realized that real estate and property management was something I liked much more than insurance. I came here, and that's, uh, I love it. It's actually a funny story, because Marie didn't tell me. When I hired her, I said, we need you full-time, and some Somehow the communication, she heard, I need you part-time, but I'm going to continue to work my insurance. She and I were not on the same page, and within weeks, um, it quickly became apparent that we needed Marie full-time plus, and um, we went from essentially um, just a couple of people, Marie and I, and I think maybe one or two other people, to we have really expanded and grown from... I think when Marie started, we were at 200 properties, and now we're almost at 700. Somewhere between 700 and 750, and we have three locations. Part of our growth was finding the right people, the right relationships, and not worrying about finding somebody who has the right experience as much as somebody who has the right personality and the right approach to um, life and real estate, and that was really Marie. Knowing they both fell into property management, I was curious as to what kept them involved and interested in the industry. So what initially attracted you to kind of make that transition and how did what like what kept you interested in the industry as well? Well, like I said, the reason I did the insurance, I had a friend I never would have went into insurance if I didn't have a friend that was pushing me because of the flexibility and you can make money. It's all about selling. I was out of my comfort zone because I never did sell anything before. So when I started the insurance, you're talking, I would drive through a business parking lot about six times before I got the nerve to go up to that door and walk in. But then once you make that first sale, it's just like it hits you and that's, you know, you're very comfortable with it. And it's kind of, I always, I always would view it as a competition. I got to get this many sales today. I got to make this much today. So once you get comfortable doing that, so with mine, we, we came uh, to do the insurance thing here. That's how I met mine. And like I said, the only reason that I, I you know, I always, always had an interest in real estate, but the only reason that I initially came here was because I was wanting to grow my insurance side of it. And that's why, you know, with as many properties as he had and uh, the people, you have to have a job. We're not going to rent to you if you don't have income. So I was really going to target those tenants and where they worked and see if I could possibly get my foot in the door there. Quickly though, I realized that this wasn't a part-time, it was a full-time, full-time thing. And and then the more I got into it, the more I realized that, wait a minute, I really like the property management side much, much better than the insurance side. And then once I started doing the property management, then I wanted to get into sales and getting my license and doing all that. It's just, you know, now that's, that's what I do 24-7 pretty much. I want to fill in from Marie. Um, Marie also just has the personality that if she's going to do something, she is 100% going to take it on. And that was why I really um, was attracted to trying to get her over to Asset because even though she didn't know about real estate and about property management in particular, it was just really obvious that anything that Marie does, she is 100% going to take it on from tenants who get locked out just the other day. A tenant got locked out at midnight and you know, and 
they couldn't get anybody um, over there. And so Marie went over at midnight to go let the tenant in. And she's the one who runs the company. So, you know, she's willing to do anything and everything. Um, and so that's what, what really is Marie's strength, is just willing to take on 100%. And property management, that's what it's about. It's not just about selling to an owner or getting a tenant in or fixing a sink. It's really about the whole picture. Yeah, I think customer service is key with any business that you have. And coming from a place where I worked for 20-something years, customer service was really big. So when you come to this, customer service is huge. I think that's going to make or break a business by how well you take care of your customers, whether that be rental tenants or whether that be uh, rental owners, uh, even employees. It's just a, how well you take care of people. I personally love hearing each company's growth story. Some set out purposefully looking to grow, while with others, it naturally happens. I think what's most interesting about Michael and Marie's approach is that they look closely at each individual coming into asset realty, whether it's an employee or a vendor. They emphasize the importance of the right fit, personality-wise, and look at their approach to life rather than their overall experience. They both kept bringing up the importance of relationships in the industry. In our um, position, we really have to form relationships with all sides, you know, so fiduciarily, we have a fiduciary responsibility to the owner that it's not just about collecting the most amount of rent that we can or getting the highest, you know, the cheapest repair. We have to look out for the property and what does that mean and what does that look like? On the other side, we have to look out for the tenant because they're also our client and what's the best way we can provide them with good housing and you know, help out the community by getting that good quality housing. And on the other side, we've got vendors who they want to make a living, roofers, plumbers, whatever, our maintenance guys. And we've got to also help them. And so those needs can be conflicting with, you know, in, in many different ways, but that's where property managers and what Marie is really good at is balancing the, okay, we want to save some money, but we want the vendor to be able to keep coming back to us because then we get a vendor who's good, professional, affordable, but we want to keep the tenant happy without spending so much money that the owner is upset. And so that's where the relationship is really important with all aspects. After being in the business for over 20 years, you quickly learn some things you might wish you knew earlier, such as the importance of relationships. There are many resources to learn about the industry, but I wanted to know how Michael and Marie paved their own way and what they suggest to try. With me, coming from a background, customer service is huge. And basically, you just want to treat people the way you want to be treated. And a lot of it is common sense. But, you know, you try to be, when you're dealing with tenants, I think you try to try to be more, when you're dealing with the prospect, the front end of it, you want to be kind of a consultant to them. You know, you want to make sure the income, you don't want to set someone up for failure. So that's why you have these um, specific process of when you try to approve someone to get into a property, make sure the income, where they're not going to be struggling to pay utilities, to buy groceries, to pay rent, make sure where do they work, where do their kids want to go to school, so that you don't set someone up for failure and they have to drive two hours to work every day and knowing in two, three months that they're going to want to move. And it was definitely a learning process, as you said along the way. You know, initially, you're, you are maybe focused on the pieces of the puzzle rather than the whole picture of the puzzle. So initially, you might say, let's get the best rate we possibly can from the whatever vendor, from the roofer. Let's just get the best rate we can. Or let's get the highest rent that we can, or whatever it is. And eventually, you realize that those pieces all have to fit together. That 
that vendor doesn't make a living, uh, then you're not going to be able to use him. You're not going to get the discounts. The tenant's going to it's going to take longer to get repairs done. Or if the tenant is upset, you're going to lose the tenant, which is going to cost the owner money. The tenant will be upset, and you know everybody in property management knows that it's the vacancies that kill you, cost you know a lot of money, and so you know so it's trying to keep them happy also, you know, trying to keep the owner. So really trying to look at the big picture as opposed to just those little pieces. And as a company, you know, Marie works with all of our employees, all of our vendors, really tries to keep her eye on, let's use common sense here. You know, what is the best approach for the relationship, for the future to, to make it work rather than just today, you know, let's get past this problem today. Um, and when we do have issues or mistakes, because of course there will be mistakes made, um, we are really good about, Marie and I and the rest of the management team, of just looking back and autopsy and not saying, can you believe that that person did whatever, but looking and saying, okay, maybe that person made a mistake or maybe we made a mistake, but where can we learn from this? What did we learn? What do we need to do in the future? What can we do different? Even if it was the other person's 99% that they just didn't whatever, what's our percentage and what can we learn from it? So as a company, that's really what we try to do. Because of course, everybody has a bad day and maybe grumpy and and that's where Marie and I are good about, you know, trying to come back and say, okay, here's what I was upset about. What what can we do now? You know, and Marie, of course, is very invested, so gets upset with what you know what what happened, what this is frustrating. Okay, now what can we do? And that's really the focus is how can we be better? You know, one of the things that we were doing um, when we were looking for with building them because we were looking at different uh, other what was it we were software software yes. So one of the things that we liked about building was the customer service. Yeah, so that was that was really key for us. The customer service, you're quick to respond and help with needs, and, and we like that. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, there's always going to be mistakes, A, either mistakes that are made, um, you know, um, the uh, we have an emergency maintenance line for if anything is, you know, occurs like a broken pipe in the middle of the night, that needs to get done immediately. Speaking to people up front and acknowledging them and their current issue is huge and a key component of a successful business. How did Asset Realty come to learn this very necessary trait? And how do they continue to improve their process? There's always going to be things that happen that somebody, um, the phone got turned off or there's always going to be, be mistakes. And so it's really trying to not beat each other up with you shouldn't have, you didn't, but more so really looking at where did the breakdown occur? What can we do? What are our ideas? And sometimes just thinking outside the box is, um, you know, the industry is constantly changing. What, what can we do different? You know, what can we do that is um, going to be more innovative, that that's whatever we're doing at that moment is not working. Let's try this and let's see how that goes. And then tweaking those systems to make them better all the time. So, yeah, I think the one thing that I find is response time. I think if you can reach if a tenant has an issue and you can call that tenant immediately, whether you can get there to fix it or not, just let them know, hey, I got your request. I know what's going on. I will be, someone will be there tomorrow or the next day. Same thing with an owner. If they have a question, just, hey, I don't have an answer for you today, but I'll get you an answer by tomorrow. I think it's just a quick response to let them know, hey, I hear you, I know, I will be in touch. I think that's key with everything that we do. We have found that upfront communication saves a ton of time on the back end. Once somebody is upset and they're disgruntled, then you're having to 
really do backflips to try to make up for that. And sometimes you can, and sometimes you can't. You know, once somebody has a bad taste in their mouth, it's a lot easier to do it on the front end and try to set those things up. Um, and one of the things we have found is exactly what Marie is saying is along those customer service lines is communication, 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 documentation, put it in the system, you know, and build them so that we can each see it because that way we can each read what the other person did and, and instead of starting over again. And so really in property management, communication is crucial, you know, I remember at the beginning, one of those things that I learned that you were just talking about was, um, Carolyn, is I would just communicate with owners when we had issues. And I remember early on an owner saying, oh, God, you're calling me. Okay, what's wrong? I, I, I already know there's a problem. How much is it going to cost me? And that's not a good feeling for me or for the owner. And every single time we reached out, they're already, you know, they're already bothered. And so we try to let them know we've got a new tenant, we've got showings, you know, every week, these are what your vacancies, this is what it looks like, this is the feedback, this is what we want to do. Tenants, you know, what Marie's saying is really crucial, is communication is really crucial, and not just when there's issues, because it's really easy to go on to fire prevention mode and emergency mode and just focus on that. And that's fine, and the upfront communication is really what is the, the lifesaver. So far, we've covered that relationships and open communication are super valuable. Michael and Marie consistently brought this up throughout our conversation. As a property manager, you're constantly in the battle of balance. You have to keep everyone happy without upsetting other parties. Property managers are at the center of it all, from vendors to tenants to owners. This in itself presents a lot of challenges, but I asked Michael and Marie to narrow it down to three that they face every day and how they overcome them. You know, every day is different. You know, you know, walking into this office, I don't have a set schedule. Of course, I have showings. Of course, I have meetings scheduled. But walking into the office every day, it's, it's just something different. So you got to be prepared for any emergency, whether it's a true emergency or not. If a tenant comes in the office disgruntled because of a maintenance repair, then that's an emergency to the tenant. Maybe not an emergency to us, but you got to take care of that tenant. If an owner calls you upset, of some reason with their property, that's not a true emergency. To them, it's an emergency. You got to take care of it. Those little things pop up every day. So you just got to have the flexibility. You got to have the compassion um, to be able to to deal with it and talk to these people that are upset, even though you don't think it's a true emergency, and, and try to get some resolution to what their issue is. If we have a tenant, we have a property that's close to the office, and we don't have a showing scheduled there. That someone calls and hey, I'm at your property. Can you jump in the car and show me? Of course, I'm going to jump in the car and go down there. So what? drop whatever I'm doing. i got to get it rented. Let's go down there short or find someone in the office that can do that. Those things happen quite a bit because people see our website and they go to look at these properties. Sometimes they want to drive by before they call the schedule showing. So you just got to be able to, to go at a moment's notice to um, take care of situations like that. So. And I would say to pick two. As you, you said pick three, I would say I'll pick two, but there's I could pick 50. Um, one would be on the front end, which is answering calls when that person first calls or emails or tech or comes in through the system through building or however they come in is getting to them. Because when somebody's looking for either an owner looking for property management or a tenant looking for a place, they want it and they want and they want information. If you call them back in a week, they're gone. It, it might as well have been. Or they have they found somebody else or they're frustrated with you or they found a new place to live or you know the, the turnaround time in property management is really crucial sometimes a day is a very long time and so within you know as quickly as you can 
Um, you know, when somebody calls in on the front end, that is huge for us is really trying to take care of it. And sometimes, you know, you, in, in property management, it can be overwhelming. There are certain times of the year that you get a ton of phone calls for um, tenants and it can be very overwhelming. But on the back end, I would say maintenance. Maintenance is a real issue because you've got to figure out all you've got to balance that huge, that, that bear of maintenance is we've got a property that's vacant and we want to do a turnaround time of five days. But we've got somebody who's calling about their refrigerator doesn't work and their food's going to go bad. And somebody else who um, who has a leaky pipe and somebody else who their um, light switches won't work because they can't turn their lights on. And so it's really trying to balance what's the important, you know, when it comes to maintenance, we have because we have our own maintenance department. How do we prioritize that and try to keep everybody happy? It is not easy trying to figure out just from day to day which fire is the most important and not just that, how do we get ahead of it? How do we be proactive? How do we clean gutters to make sure we don't have those roof problems later on? How do we do tune-ups on HVACs to make sure that we don't have to spend $4,000 on a unit later on? And how do we make sure we are proactive in addition to just reactive to something we have to get done? So that's really big in property management. After hearing more about how Acid Realty handles maintenance, I want to dig into that to learn how they triage various tasks and how they developed this specific team. You mentioned you have a maintenance staff. What is, can you go into more detail with that? Uh, we have a maintenance supervisor over the department, and she disperses the task out to the guys. There's specific maintenance guys that have specific skill sets. So, like we have, we know the ones that paint. We know the ones that do the plumbing. We know the ones that do different. Uh, so we know where to send the task to, which guy to send it to. We really encourage our tenants to use Buildium to set up their tasks so that way we have a record of it and then we just assign it to the maintenance guy. So it's just following up. If we take on a new property where we have to have a complete rehab, then we send our crews out and we, we monitor and manage that. But we also have for the everyday stuff, our maintenance guys that go out. It's one of those things that 92% um, of the time we can be um, cheaper and more financially affordable, even though we have our fees, we can be cheaper and do it more efficiently and expeditiously of managing properties that an owner that has a full-time job and works at wherever and they're trying to do this in their site spare time. And one of the things is because of what Marie just said, which is instead of hiring a vendor, whoever that is, roofer, plumber, electrician, who's going to charge $100 an hour, $100 to show up plus $100 an hour, our maintenance guys go and they, we have all of the different expertise and we just pass along what, what our charge is. And so it's a real savings to owners that they don't have to hire an electrician to go out and work on a GFI because that's not a hard thing or a ceiling fan or a leaking pipe. And we have, you know, somebody who used to be a licensed plumber. We've got, you know, our maintenance guys who know electric, um, who can do some minor roofing. You know, so that's a real savings for the owners. And so that's one of the reasons why we can 92% of the time beat, um, make it cheaper for an owner. Also, our vacancies are a lot less. You know, we fill things more quickly. And crucially, absolutely crucial on the front end is researching the tenant and making sure we find the best tenant by looking at criminal credit, background, previous and past employer, or previous and past landlord. You know, you want to get the, the last landlord because they're going to be honest and tell you, 
you know the whole truth rather than maybe the existing landlord. So there's still things that we know to do to find the best tenant, as opposed to sometimes owners get a little bit more desperate and act out of emotions because they want to get somebody in there and start collecting money. We all know, and we have learned the hard way, it is better to let a property sit for a few more days and find the best tenant and really know who you're dealing with rather than sticking somebody in. So those are the, the real challenges we have. If you only use external vendors, then you're at the whim of when they're available. Now, when we do use vendors, we are a priority to them still because we choose the best vendors that we know are good, we know are quality, they're honest, licensed, bonded, insured. Um, and so when we use them, we're still gonna get the best rates. On a side, when we when we use our own maintenance staff, then we you know we make sure that they have the big picture in mind again, which is we don't want to that it, it is it is a rental, so we don't want to spend a fortune on rehabbing a property, but we want to do it right and we want to do it as quickly and efficiently as we can, and also make it good, make it right for the tenant, so it's a nice living space. So you know how we do it is Buildium has really helped to keep that efficient as far as calls come in through Buildium. We check them on our end and then disperse them to our maintenance staff, depending on who is the most efficient at that task. They can do the task. Um, we ask them to take pictures before and after, put it all in the building, make really good notes all in the building, and then submit it for payment. And then we do it where it you know, goes into the owner's account and the owner can see all of that information. So it's really transparent. It's a really nice system of transparency that building has allowed us to set up because of course they can log into their owner portal and they can see everything the receipt the pictures exactly what was done so that there's no questions of why was this so much or why did this take so long they can read it right there and, and see that so it's really nice to have an internal maintenance department that can be responsive you know if, if it's the middle of winter and somebody doesn't have heat three to five days is a long time that is a very long time and sometimes the owner would have to put them up in a hotel because they just can't do anything then of course there's pipes in our case we have the staff to get over there and get it done and if nothing else if we can't fix it and we've got to say okay call our hvac guy who's who's very good and you know gets involved quickly then at least we'll put heaters in the house we have heaters here um, so at least give them that for a day or two so they don't have to leave their house. So it's really just a really good system um, that's more economical for the owners and better for the tenant to get customer service and get us over there more quickly. So that's one of the, so that's the benefit of having an internal um, maintenance company. It, it's, it's a real benefit on all sides to the owner, to the tenant, to vendors when we use them. You know, it's a bigger job. We don't call them out just for the, the nickel and dime stuff. That's a and we have a full maintenance department. It is more stressful. I'll tell you, it, it would it would be less stressful to just take it and just hire a company and just say, you take it all and just let them do everything or to use a vendor as a plumber, roof, or electrician. It can be stressful trying to figure out how to get all of this done in the time frame we need it to and still do our rehabs and still keep tenants happy but not spend so much that owners are unhappy. It can be stressful and you know you do the best you can. In the end, it is 
far more efficient for us to have a maintenance department. And we're of the, the really good size where we can have a maintenance department, we can offer discounts, but we're not so big that we can't keep track of everything where they just kind of run free and, and are able to do anything they want. You know, we've got somebody in-house, as Marie said, a um, maintenance supervisor who watches all of the repairs and says, this seems reasonable. Why did this one take so long? Okay, let's see if we can't speed up on this one. Um, you know, could we have done it more efficiently? Is there a way we could have saved the owner some money? And so we're constantly looking at what's the best way to do it. And all that can stay in-house rather than hiring a, a plumbing company. And so um, so it's really about efficiency and, and, of course, communication with both sides. So. The main purpose of this show is to connect property managers with other property managers. We want to develop a channel for you to learn from one another and also be inspired. That being said, I had to ask what Michael's advice is for other property managers, and he brought it back to the constant struggle of maintaining balance, communication, and a new one, inspections. One of the things that I would say is um, we, we want to figure out um, you know, the, the way we try to put it is we want to figure out a way to get to yes. What's a win-win for everybody? We can we can say to the tenant, no, we're not going to do that. And then the owner's happy and the tenant's not. Or we can say to the owner, sorry, we, we, we're going to do that. And then the owner's not happy and the tenant is. We really want to figure out is how do we get to yes? How do we make everybody happy? Sometimes you can do it. Sometimes you can't. In property management, it is not easy to walk that fine line. But we want to figure out how can we get where it's a win-win for, for everybody, the vendor, for us, for the property, for the owner, for the tenant. And how do we get to yes? How do we figure out a way to make it happen? Again, it's something that Buildium is really good at, which is, you know, when there are times when we have said, Buildium, we want this feature. It really is glitchy for us. If nothing else, Buildium says we are working on it and either they try to fix it or they do fix it or so, you know, it's one of those things that you guys clearly have that same mindset. And for us, it's really important to keep that in, our, in the back of our mind. It's not just about we want the tenant to pay the rent or we want the owner to do the repair. It's how do we get to yes? How do we make this a win-win for everybody? How do we make it so that everybody is benefiting as much as possible? Uh, to me, the key to property management is just Communication. I think uh, communicating to owners and tenants will develop into good customer service. So it's just communication. And also, um, the, and the other thing is, you know, so we do inspections of properties, which is one of the benefits of having our own maintenance department again. So one of those things I would say to any other property um, management companies, if, if inspections aren't something that is, it, you know, oftentimes we're very, we have to be reactive. The, the, the property is leaking, the water is leaking, the tenant doesn't have their refrigerators out, the owner needs it turned around because the college is gonna start pretty soon and if we miss the window, then it's gonna be three months until the, the, the next window comes open, we gotta get it rented. So we really try to, to do inspections so that it's, you know, it's really important for property management companies to do that because it's much more proactive. It is much more, it lets you know is the tenant happy? Because the tenants are going to tell you when you show up to do an inspection, they're going to tell you what they're not happy about, whatever it is. And if it's with your company, then that's something you can correct. It's far better to correct it then than to wait for them to leave and go bad mouth your company and tell everybody how you did whatever. Or you can find out for the owner, hey, this is an issue. You know, I didn't know that your gutters were tilting down and water was pooling on your roof because the tenant doesn't always 
say that. It doesn't necessarily affect them. Sometimes they, they will, sometimes they won't. But that helps owners to keep their $5,000 roof from going bad. So inspections is something I would really strongly recommend. It's real easy to put it on the back burner because there's so many issues and problems and day-to-day emergencies that come up. But it is crucial to do inspections of every property um, as routinely as possible. And there's little things like fire extinguishers, smoke detectors. Those are things that if you don't get those in there yearly, if there is a major incident, like the house burns down and you didn't have a fire extinguisher in there and the smoke and the smoke didn't work, you have a real issue. And the owner is going to understandably have a real issue with why was that not noticed? And the tenant's going to have a real issue was why didn't all my stuff get burned up? So it really, it's not something that is necessarily on the front burner, but it has to be. You, you have to continue to do it and find a way to get those inspections done for everybody's um, benefit and the company's benefit. It benefits the company to keep ahead of that. No, just on the inspections, I think the owners like to know we're going into the properties just because they want to make sure the tenants are taken care of. You know, it's important they pay rent. It's also that they take care of the property. So, so owners like that. Yeah, it's not something that is, you would think it's a negative that you're going to go in and find things. And that's true. I, when I do inspections, I go in and find things. And sometimes it costs the owner's money. But the majority of our owners are very thankful because it's, it's what you just said is right now it costs a whole lot less to do it now. Not only that, but when that tenant is upset because it didn't get fixed and they leave, that vacancy is going to cost the owner. We know, again, that vacancies are very expensive for owners and for us as a company because we don't charge. If the owner's not making any money, we're not making any money either. So it really, just from many different perspectives, it keeps everybody, the problems from really compounding later. And it's just another form of communication to the owner. There again, everything goes back to me. Communication. To the owner and to the tenant, finding out what are they upset about, what are they happy with. Michael originally started buying real estate to create a second source of income, and quickly it became much more than that. He started Asset Realty to maintain his properties, and soon he was taking on others' properties. He has quickly scaled his company over the past 24 years and now has over 700 units. Michael and his team are what makes Asset Realty such a successful company. They understand the importance behind communication and relationships and how it affects the success and reputation of their business. Both Marie and Michael told stories of how they go above and beyond for not only their customers, but also prospective clients too. All their hard work has led them to where they are today, and it'll be exciting to see where they land next. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review us, and don't forget to subscribe to not miss out on any future episodes. Feel free to email us questions and comments at podcast at buildium.com, or find Buildium on social media and use the hashtag Buildium Podcast. Thanks for listening.